Well, anytime I come across somebody who wonders about the reality of God, the existence of God, whether or not he exists or not, I want to take them outside. Assuming that we're inside. I want to take them outside and say, just, just look around. Like, look at nature. Look at the sky. Look around you. What, what do you see? And I want to say to them, does this not point to a wonderful creator? An intelligent designer? A divine being who has made all this? And I love the verse of scripture, Romans 1 verse 20, that says this, it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been, have been what? <laughs> yeah, have been clearly seen, being understood, it says, from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. The Apostle Paul is saying here that the reality of God has been made clearly for people to see. It, God has made it plain for them to see the reality of his creation and his creative works that are all around us. The past number of weeks we have been looking at our logo, the logo of the, the Free Methodist Church here in, in Canada. And as you know, we've been talking about the, the symbols that are all contained within it and what they represent. And the large outer circle that you see there actually represents creation. It represents creation, acknowledging the reality that, that people can actually, as Carlene talked about, people can discover God in creation. So people are without excuse. What has been made has been made clearly seen for them by a wonderful creator, a God who has you know, created his wonderful works for all of us to kind of look around and, and see it. I want to show you a sample, just a, a sample of some, some images of some of God's creative works that point to some of his artistry of what he has made. Take a look. This is a there's, there's an alligator, that's quite the eye, right? Next one, Andrew. There's a, a colorful peacock. The aurora borealis. Does that not depict God's artistry? The northern lights? It's okay. I'll quit wandering. That's a, hum that's a bumblebee that looks like he's hard at work there, right? These are, these are icebergs in, in Iceland, okay? God's electrical activity of lightning. There's a, an elephant with, isn't that quite the, the backdrop of a sky just behind the, behind the elephant? A tiger, not exactly your house head. In, House pet, kitty cat, right? A tiger, a hummingbird. That's a fascinating, I think that's, a, that's an octopus. A grizzly bear. Some interesting insects. 
I, I don't know how that picture got in there. We'll just, we'll just, we'll move on. We'll come back to that, Andrew. No, never mind. Let's, uh, no, that's fine. That's fine. There's a, a waterfall with a rainbow that you can see there. And an ape who doesn't look all that happy. Probably after the Maple Leafs got knocked out of the playoffs, right? Makoto Fujimura says that God the artist communicates to us first before God the lecturer. But those are some fascinating creatures and images, aren't they? Of God's design, of God's creative works, creations that you know, speak of God's artistry and, and things that he has made for us to enjoy, things of wonder and beauty that are all around us. There's a fellow by the name of Roger Scruton who actually died about, I think it was about three years ago, but he's a well-known philosopher in Britain. And he produced a documentary that was called Why Beauty Matters. And in it, he argues that beauty that around us is not only a reflection of the divine, but is also something that we humans need. You and I need that. We need, we need beauty in our lives. And he says if we ignore this need of seeing beauty, of experiencing beauty in our lives, we actually can end up in a spiritual desert. We can feel dissatisfied. And so he argues that beauty matters. And just like those images that we just saw here up on the screen that, that point to wonder and beauty and are of God's design, part of what we experience through such beauty is the sense that life is worthwhile. Isn't it true that there are times in everyday life where there is something that we see. And what it does, it transports us into, well, it transports us to somewhere else. It transports us by something that we actually have, have, have seen. Something that, something does something to us that puts us kind of somewhere else. It transports us. It's, it transports us into a state of where we are actually contemplating. Contemplating about something that this something has actually brought to our mind. Maybe it's the face of a loved one. Maybe it's the image of some memory, a time in childhood, remembering a melody or a song. But it sparks something. It's, it's uh, that reminds me. Or I remember when. But it, said, it, it it does something that stirs our imagination, and as I say, it puts us somewhere contemplating that speaks of wonder and beauty. We've been transported by something we see into the realm of contemplation. And we see this. We see this in God. At the time of creation, when he was creating, we see this to be true of God in Genesis chapter 1. Take a look. It says, God said, let the... Let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. He's contemplating. 
Verse 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I've given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And that is what happened. And then God looked over all he had made, and he saw what? He saw that it was, it was very good. God looked over all he had made. All of his creative works, the wonder and the beauty of it all. And he sat back and he paused and he saw that it was very good. He was contemplating. And such times of contemplation can, can dawn on us in the most distracted moments. Things of beauty can have these effects on us. Things of art and music and drama or theater and poetry and dance, they can have these effects on us. That's one of the reasons why we need them. And so Scruton says, you know, beauty matters. Beauty matters. And such moments can make us feel that life is worthwhile. I think he's on to something. But perhaps more important than that, he says that these moments are also timeless moments. They're timeless because we sense the presence of another world, the heavenly world. So in other words, the experience of beauty transports us or is calling us to think of God and his divine nature. Listen, listen to these words again here. This is from a different translation, but this is again from Psalm 19, as the psalmist ponders the beauty of God's creation. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. I love that thought, as Mary Elsie alluded to it. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a word or a sound. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and the words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. Beauty is the revelation of God in the here and now. And it's like it speaks to him as he is speaking of his voice. I want to show you something beautiful. Take a look. 
I remember when I was, I don't know, probably about 12 or 13 years of age, thinking at that age, there has to be a wonderful, creative God. Just, just marveling and, prov- and pondering the wonder of a created little one. Does this not point to a wonderful creator? This is, this is baby Joseph. Joseph Lang Kalitzi, who is, if you remember, he was dedicated here a couple of, of weeks ago. And he reminds me, see, I'm being transported now by something that I see that's beautiful. But he reminds me of my mother always saying to me that when I was around his age, she'd always say to me, I want to bite your cheeks, you're so cute. Here's a, there I am at one years old. That's what I thought. Aw, you know. Let's move on. Yes, yeah, baby Joseph. So baby Joseph, I don't, I, don't I don't know if baby Joseph is here. Is he hanging out in the back? If you are, Joseph, my mother would want to bite your cheeks, okay? Does your mommy want to bite your cheeks? But isn't his face, his face is like, it's perfect. And Scruton, Roger Scruton says that the face, or the beauty of a face, is a symbol of the life expressed in it. Think about that. Next slide. This guy keeps showing up in these slides. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how that is. Anyway, anyway. Next slide. Anyway. So, so beauty, beauty is all around us. And all we need is eyes to see it and hearts to feel it. All of which points to a wonderful creator. So with all that as a way of introduction, I'm just kidding. There's only seven minutes and 34 seconds left. This is, this is what I want to get to. What, is it, what does this mean for you and me? What does this all mean for us? Besides having an appreciation for, for beauty and for a God who we can see of all of his creative works, with everything that we said, what does this all mean for you and me? Because as we said here in, you know, earlier in Genesis, next slide, Genesis 1, or Genesis 1, 26 and 20, talks about that you and I have been made in the image of God. We are made in His image. We are His image bearers. So if God is a God of creativity, and you and I have been our, our His created beings, it suggests what? It suggests that you and I also have the capacity to be what? To be creative. Yes. We have been created to also be creative. To be co-creators with him. To add wonder and beauty and joy to the world around us. And what fascinates me about this idea is if, if you think about God, I mean, think about this. If you think about the aspect of him being a Trinitarian God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all the love, they already have that. God doesn't need to create because he's missing something. He doesn't create because he has to. 
He creates because he wants to. He chooses to. It's out of his love that he creates. He wants to share what he has. And therefore, he creates a world with us human beings who he wants us to share what he has. Who have come to know him and enjoy him and love him. Us human beings who, who can share the same love, the same, the same joy, the same relationship that he has within the Trinity. So yes, we have been created and been called to be creative because we are made in the image of God. But more than that, we have been created because like God, we are to do it because we want to. We choose to. It's out of love. A love that we have experienced in him. And it's out of that that we want to bring joy and bless others. To add value to people's lives. To bring and bring joy to people around us. To bring beauty to others. Remember, beauty matters. To bring joy into the life, to enhance life. And so, yes, we create not because we have to, but because we want to, out of love. And I know there may be some of you that might have the temptation to say, you know what, I'm not all that creative. I'm not as creative as somebody else. You know, other people seem to be more creative than me. I know it's a temptation to say that. Like those in Exodus 31, who were specially anointed in building the tabernacle. But we've all been created with some creative capacity. We've all been made in the image of God. And so what does that look like for you and me? I don't know. Maybe it means creating or writing your own personalized card to someone. That would require some effort and some time and some thought. But it would make it meaningful and touch the heart of another person. That's being creative. Maybe it's cooking brisket on a smoker with certain seasoning and certain spicing or producing some dish or dishes with a certain presentation that others can enjoy around the table. Carlene the other day saw, saw blueberries on her counter and she wondered what could she do with them. And out you know, out of the oven, a couple of hours later, came blueberry tarts and blueberry pies for others to enjoy. I didn't get any, but... Uh, <laughs> Cliff, did you get one? You didn't get one either? Next slide. Last Sunday... Oh, that's... Oh. Let me just say, just say this. Um, it wasn't the picture that I was actually expecting, but I'll, I'll speak to this. Anyway, I mean, I know so, some people I know have, have gotten some more creative gifts than others, right? I mean, yes, it's true that, you know, maybe, maybe God has put a little bit more of his creative DNA in some than others. So this picture here, this is, this is a monkey that my daughter had made out of 
out of just metal for a fine arts project. I don't, I don't know how she did it, but she she's has some advanced creativity, okay? And I don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin. So some people have. But here's some, there's something that I did. Last Sunday, next slide. Last Sunday, is, it was Mother's Day, right? And so Mary Elsie, my wife, she got two dozen white roses. Go to Costco, they're the cheapest there, right? <laughs> she got two dozen white roses, and I put a piece of paper in each rose with a one-word description of some kind of a characteristic about her as a mother. So kind, supportive, encouraging, patient, invested, patient. Did, did I already say patient? That, that was repeated a few times. Okay. But the possibilities of creativity, they're, they're endless. And you have it in you. I know you do. You've been made in the image of God. You just need to give some time and some effort and some thought to it. And better yet, guess what? Ask God. Ask him to, to whisper a thought or two to you about how you can be creative. Ask him today. Ask him tomorrow. Ask him the next day. Because guess what? He'll answer you. He'll tell you. We, we have been created to be creative. And when we are, we are honoring and reflecting our creator with whom we have been made in his image. We create not because we have to, but we create just because. We create because we want to. And it's a joy to do it. And it comes from a place of, it comes from a place of love. To want to bless and bring joy and wonder and beauty and meaning to those around us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for, we thank you for your creativity for the things that you've made for us to enjoy and that touch our lives in ways that bring meaning and beauty to it and that ultimately point us back to you as the giver of all things. And I pray, Lord, that you would help each of us to, to honor and reflect you by being, by way of just being creative makers ourselves, instilling us with ideas and ways that bring similar joy and beauty to those around us and your created world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.